Extra Life unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Since its inception in 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more and join us on November 7th in raising funds to help kids. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and it's just me this week. Lara Link and I ended up not recording this week, but I gave a couple presentations this weekend at the Badana Group Save Against Fear convention. And one of them was with former co-host Brandon Saxon. Uh, so I decided to record it and share it here. Uh, this conversation went way longer than originally planned, but I, I thought it was great, and we covered a lot of great stuff. Uh, you'll also get to meet Joe Serrano, whom I've convinced to start a new arts maker podcast with me. Uh, listen to this episode, and then let us know if you think that's a good idea or not. Please. <laughs> okay, here's a panel titled Make Your Own Miniatures Mindfully. Welcome to Make Your Own Miniatures Mindfully, a panel at Save Against Fear 2020. Um, I've been I've been wanting to come to Save Against Fear for for years. Their um, director Jack has been on me for years to to go. I was hoping to finally go this year. They're in York, Pennsylvania. It did not work out, so we're we're doing this virtually. But I'm glad to finally do a panel, and uh, I am. I'm I'm excited because I, I get to do it with uh, two friends, um, so welcome, welcome to 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 our panel, and yeah, this is being recorded uh, over Zoom, uh, visually. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, be on the lookout. There there may be if we can figure it out, there may be a video version of this that you can that you can follow along. Um, so uh, let me let me introduce myself real quick, in case you don't know me. My name is Oscar Cardona. I I am I'm an engineer. So I actually have an, like an engineering technology degree. I'm a, I'm a tinker. I'm, I'm like this is um, my thing. Uh, I'm also currently I'm a design and uh, diversity and inclusion design researcher at the University of Chicago. Uh, I have a master's in mental health counseling. I'm the founder of Geek Therapy and the Let's Play Therapy Institute. Um, that is a picture of me. With my favorite version of Batman, which I will get to uh, back back to in a second. So, I just uh, a big part of the reason why we're even doing this right now is because about two years ago on an episode of GT Radio, we uh, and Brandon was on the show at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, he was one of my co-hosts. We did an episode around Spider Sonas right around the time that Spider Man Into the Spider Verse came out. And there was this hashtag going around, hashtag Spider Sona, and people were making their versions of Spider-Man. Like, if they were Spider-Man, what would they be? So all of us on the team, we we made different versions. I remember Brandon made a, uh, what was it called? Uh, Spider Shrink was yours? I think that was it. I was just <laughs> trying to remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Spider Shrink. It was very cool. And uh, the version that I ended up making was a version of the original Gundam from the from Mobile Suit Gundam from 1979, the RX 782, and um, digitally on on the computer, I mocked it up and made it into um, the RX Spider Man. So uh, I I painted it in in Spider Man colors. I added the webs. I added Spider Man eyes because I love Gundam. Actually, uh, whenever I play, um, usually when I play, like the first time I tried playing D and D with you, Brandon. Uh, my my user like my my username 
<laughs> my character name was Amuro, and Amuro is the main character of Mobile Suit Gundam. And I usually, usually my characters are online or Amuro something. I made an Amara recently in in Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> so I, I I love Gundam. And for years, I've been wanting to build kits and stuff, but never really had the space. So now I'm, uh, since the coronavirus, I finally went all the way in and I was like, you know what? I want to start building. And so uh, I've come a long way. Like you can, you can see a picture of my, like my desk area, like my backlog of kits is, is all the boxes up top. Um, I've got my work area with a whole bunch of paint and tools and a, and a painting booth. And, and I've made, um, a few different Gundams of, of all sizes. I even, I've even started building other types. Like I have an Escaflone waiting for me, some DBZ ones. And I've got, um, a picture of Optimus Prime here, uh, who looks kind of like the RX Spider-Man, but uh, still. So I actually have multiple versions of the RX 782. Gundam robot model kit because I'm hoping to practice with them and eventually make that RX Spider-Man that I designed. So, so that's my idea. And then I wanted to uh, talk, you know, in geek therapy fashion about these hobbies and, and what they mean to me and what they mean to other people and how they're helpful to me and how they're helpful to other people. So this panel is um, a chance for me and Brandon to talk about this stuff. And it's also a chance for me to coerce Joe into starting a new <laughs> podcast with me where this is the type of thing that we talk about. This is also very much an audition uh, for Joe. So if you, if you, if you uh, see the picture um, that I showed before uh, of me with my favorite version of my favorite bat suit, which is the Azrael Batman suit, the person in that suit is actually Dr. Joe Serrano, who is here with us, and he actually made that suit. Um, that was at C2E2. I don't even remember what year that was. That was a while back. That must have been 2015 or 16. I'm not sure. One of those. It was a while back. So, so Joe, tell us, uh, tell us about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Joe Serrano. Um, so my, my doctorate is in clinical psychology, so that's my formal degree. Um, right now, um, I am the clinic and business development manager over at the Theraplate Institute, which is actually a pretty cool place in, in the sense that um, it's a modality. It's a specific type of play therapy modality that's really um, geared towards helping families, children with attachment disorders, you know, um, helping out with adoption, um, you know, fostering, just kids who are having a really hard time connecting with with their caregivers, um, amongst other, you know, challenges. I'm also a clinician over at a, at a private practice where, you know, I provide more, more therapy um, and clinical services that way. But uh, the, the nice thing about this is, at heart, I am a a geek. I'm a nerd. Uh, I grew up on comic books and I love, love, love comic books. As you can see in my picture, um, you know, there's, there's various masks and a lot of them are from, um, you know, just, just geeky things over the years. I was in nine, I was born in the 1980s and, um, I grew up on some really old school cartoons that are very, very near and dear to my heart. Like, um, as you can see there, that's the classic 1980s, uh, shredder up in the corner. There's, uh, some 1980s transformers, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, so that was, that was really inspiring for me. And then I found a bunch of other, like-minded clinicians in the field who uh who loved geek culture um you know i really connected with them and i've had the privilege of presenting with them and and you know meeting just awesome colleagues all over all over the field so um 
I specifically focus in on um, the connection between comic books and psychology, and and we've kind of termed that psychocomicology, where it's the connection of all comic book things related to psychology and the use of um, psychological, um, the use of comic books in terms of psychological well-being. So there's that. But outside of that, which is actually um, you know why I'm here, is I'm an artist in in my in my non-psychological life, I am an artist and I have, um, my, my art, um, whatever you want to call it. My, my art in my, my platform is called uh, spicy Panda creations. Um, and I've, I've done a certain, just, I've just done everything in regards to art. I've been artistic my whole life. And, uh, Josue, if you would go to the next slide, I'll show you some of these things. Primarily I'm known for doing, I was originally known for doing paintings and, um, you know, as you can see, I can do, um, realistic. I do a lot of quirky things. Um, I started recently messing with a lot of watercolors and, um, ironically enough, people love their animals and their pets. So people have wanted a lot of, uh, pet watercolor pictures. So I was like, all right. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that I'm known for. Jose, if you could move to the next one. Um, then I actually got into sculpture building, you know, so um, I'm not necessarily someone who I, I don't know how to 3D print. I actually build a lot of things from scratch and, and miscellaneous things. So um, that's kind of applied to all these different aspects of my life. And I try to incorporate them in different aspects of my life. So for my wedding, um, it was comic book themed and each wedding table was a um, comic book building or world of some sort and the the building you're looking to um on the right side is uh my interpretation of asgard and um you know i have these little figurines of thor and hulk and uh ronin the accuser and um yeah just just cranked out all these little platforms and put them on each of the tables so it would be like oh you're over at stark tower i'm sitting over at the x-men <laughs> mansion and apparently you're over at asgard so that was kind of cool um but i also create little figures and you can't tell but uh those the, i had a request but these a friend asked me to create these hello kitty figurines in x-men themed fashion so those figurines if you see in the background those are the six inch marvel legend figures so these hello kitty figures are about three inches at at best and um they're a blank figure and i i used a lot of time and patience and putty i, I had to get some dental tools to sculpt on these things um I had a a magnifying glass right in front of my face. I felt like a jeweler, and uh, <laughs> I was just going to town with with these um, with these Hello Kitty figurines. So um, yeah, I create sculptures. So, but the last thing I'm actually known for is cosplay, and I create suits that people can fit inside. And we go to these conventions, and um, as was said before, I created that Asriel suit. And, um, you know, that was kind of my, that was, that was something that I really, really, really wanted to wear for the longest, but over the years I've created multiple suits for myself, for, for my friends, for my wife. Um, the most recent one was the, the, 
the traditional version of Asriel in his red and gold. But prior to that, I, I'm in the I'm in the Wolverine suit next to uh, the female Cyclops, which is my wife. And um, you know, I I built the Giver suit that uh, that a friend had assisted me with, and um, you know, it's just been a great journey. And and the cosplays just keep getting bigger and better and more intense. So we'll we'll see what happens from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, man. This is ah oh, these these pictures. Ah oh, ah. Oh. So cool. <laughs> so freaking cool. So cool. Um. Yeah. Ah oh, ah. Oh. Okay. All right, Brandon, you're up. That's a that's a hard hard act to follow in some ways. The cosplay, the cosplay, <laughs> and the the sculpts are so. I mean, all of it was so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I'm Brandon Saxton. Um. I have. A, I have my PhD in, in psychological clinical science or clinical psychological science. You can reorder those, I suppose. And I currently work at a nonprofit community mental health center. And uh, I have gotten involved with the geek therapy community. Gosh, what was it? Four years ago? More than that, maybe? I don't know, but we're old. Probably longer than that, actually. Um, so, yeah, I originally was on a podcast called Jedi Council. Um, even though Jedi is in the name, it did not focus or feature very much Star Wars content, which I Never. was often reminded of. <laughs> and uh, so I did that podcast for a few years. There was a small spinoff podcast that never really took off very much. And then I was involved with the Geek Therapy Radio uh, podcast as well for one perfect full year i think mm-hmm. yep, um, you were closed. yeah yep and which was a lot of fun and then i've also done some other things with the geek therapy community is like i was uh, on the twitch channel for a while um currently i'm i'm it's not been as productive lately as i would like it to be thanks 2020 but also trying to run the geek therapy adventures podcast which is like an actual play D podcast um which is a lot of fun and so for me um kind of my three sort of intersections and i was reflecting on this and i guess maybe i put my slides in the wrong order in some ways we can i can reorder <clears> them <throat> for you and by the way i added the geek therapy adventure which i loved that it. was that was a great touch but it's also it's a, it was a it was a selfish thing to do because because i created the cover and i'm so proud of it it's really cool yeah and it's and, and joe that watercolor it's all digital stuff like i'm just it's just it's just it but it's, it's like it's i didn't actually paint it it's like assets and stuff that i put together um but uh i'm very proud of it regardless that's i i <laughs> absolutely I was like, joe's putting his watercolors up <laughs> i'm putting mine <laughs> Absolutely no. I would. I. I. I want to get a framed copy for the like to hang on the wall because it is that cool. I. I'm. I. I yeah. I mean, we. We kind of like. I kept getting input and stuff from you guys, and it was. It was. It was so great. All right. Which slide do you want next? Let's jump to the the tabletop RPG slide. Let's do that. Okay. So yeah. this this is kind of where like with the geek therapy adventures. This is one of my big hobbies and probably one of. Uh, well, this kind of sets the stage, I think, for why I was pulled in or invited, to, I should say, to be on this panel. Yes. Um, is is um, I, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons now for years, and I would, I think, I say this probably regularly. It's my favorite hobby, um, and it's just if, if folks haven't had the opportunity to play, it really is a lot of fun. And actually, a couple of things here. That picture on the top right is actually from the Dark Souls board game. But anything involving miniatures, I had to throw up here. It's had some good stuff. Um, and I just think it's such a fantastic hobby because it it involves regular social kind of communication. There's a lot of like, you get to you know do the role-playing aspect. You get to get comfortable doing like improvisa- 
customization or putting perspective taking. There's just a lot that goes into playing in Dungeons and Dragons because there's a lot of social skills involved in that process. And so I think it's it's a good, uh, you know, from a psychological mental health standpoint, there's a lot of benefits in my very kind of biased probably opinion about Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. But the problem with Dungeons and Dragons, which is reflected, I think, really well on the podcast, is sometimes scheduling is hard. And then you let a kind of like, how do I do Dungeons and Dragons when I can't play Dungeons and Dragons? And so that's where I got into the miniatures in a really big way. Um, and so I started really trying to do some painting with the miniatures, which is a lot of fun. Again, I think it's a really great hobby. It's one where you get to practice a lot of mindfulness, a lot of acceptance, especially if you're like me and you're prone to like some perfectionistic thinking, uh, especially when you're new, it's really hard to get those exactly how you want them to be. And there's a lot of details and a lot of opportunities to really practice being in the moment and participating in an activity. So it's a really fun hobby. Uh, I was just sharing um, on Thursday with Josue that I have a box of probably 70 or more unpainted miniatures. Um, so I, I accumulate them much, much faster than I paint them. Um, and as I kind of got involved with the miniatures, it's they're really fun um, to pick up, but I, I really wanted to get into um, making my own, which brings me to the third sort of hobby, which is the 3D printing part. Um, now, none of this stuff, and I, and I included stuff here that's not miniatures, but none of this stuff is stuff that I designed on my own, but it is all um, kind of reflected like stuff that people have made and things that I've really gotten into kind of trying to to create on my own printer. So I don't have a very high-end or very fancy printer at all. Mine's pretty entry-level. Um, so a part of 3D printing, I think, uh, for me, a, a big part of it was I kind of thought you just kind of punched it in and it happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more uh, art, I think, to the science of 3D printing than than I certainly appreciated or recognized. And so that's been a lot of fun is to really get into the tinkering a little bit and get into the technical side of 3D printing and really fine-tune my printer so it can um, make reasonable miniatures. Like that one in the top middle there with that terrain piece with the walls there, that miniatures, I would say, for my kind of quality of printer, that's a pretty good one. Um, and then I had to throw in the, uh, the Batman bust and the baby Yoda, of course. Um, and I really like that picture on the left too, because it's, I, it was me trying to print the same miniature five times. Um, (laughs) and so you can see, it's not just a kind of a one and done where you just punch it in and go, you really have to be, uh, patient and mindful. And even that miniature, you know. It can, these things take quite a while to print because they're printing, you know, about 0.1, you know, millimeter at a time. So it, it takes a while. And so that one was pretty cool there too. I actually ended up keeping the one that's second from the right there where it kind of turned into a spiral because I thought that might be cool in a tabletop game that there's maybe some kind of spell effect or this is a boss like teleporting in or a different form or something like that. But it was actually just uh, filament that didn't stick at all, so it was just dropping it into air. Have you, um, have you watched Onward? Disney's Onward. I have. That's exactly why I kept it is just to do things kind of like that, right? For um, those of you that don't know, like in Onward, <laughs> they do this spell and they try to bring their father back. Um, for he he died, but they try to like there's a spell they can bring him back for a day, but they mess it up halfway through, so they only bring back the legs. So for most of the movie, it's just his legs walking around. Looks just like like you're like the 3D print. That's exactly. Perfect. So, and and I guess 
at the end here, what's kind of cool is now I've gotten a bit here. Now, of course, um, coronavirus has put a real hamper on this because I'm not doing any face-to-face D&D anymore. But it's fun to combine all of these hobbies now into one. And so that was sort of where I started with Dungeons and Dragons. It was like, how can I enjoy this hobby when I'm not able to play? And through the development of terrain or set pieces and uh, printing and painting miniatures, and there's some really cool communities that do this stuff, printing and painting of miniatures. um, That's been a really cool way for me to really engage with that hobby, even when I'm not able to play regularly. Um, and it's just really been a lot of fun. And yeah, so I think that's kind of where I got in and I, I really, this is one hobby that's really nice for my own mental health. And I think so much of the work that I do as a clinician is, um, abstract in nature in some ways, like wellness or health. So it's nice to have hobbies that are tangible because I can make something and then look at it. And then that feels good because I don't always get that in other parts of my life. So I think it's a really nice hobby for me. And I would really encourage other people to check it out as uh, as well. Yeah, man. The, uh, yeah. I mean, Joe, you can speak on your uh, 3d printer situation. I'm in the, I know how to 3d, like how to model in 3d. I used to teach kids how to do this. Um, um, I learned uh, to do it myself, but I've never owned a 3D printer. I've used multiple 3D printers. So I always want one. And now I want one more than ever because I'm just like building plastic stuff all the time. And I'm <laughs> it's like, oh, I can just make my own pieces. Like the other day I was like, man, I really want um, like all the Gundam figures. They use these um, like beam sabers, they call them, but they're lightsabers. And um, I've been like looking up where to buy and I'm like, man, but I can, like, that's really simple. I could probably, <laughs> like there, there are ways around this, right? There, there's so many things that you can do uh, with a 3D printer. And I, I really, really want one. And, and I'll say, you also said you have like 70 miniatures that have not <laughs> been painted. Yeah. I have, I mean, with a 3D printer, you have like infinite number, right? That's but, true. But when you said that number, it was so funny because like that's how many model kits I have like in my backlog right now. And I, I wish... I wish mine were this small. Like they're all like big boxes. <laughs> there's a closet over here. Like, like I mean, you can kind of see part of my backlog up here, but that's just there's more in the closet. <laughs> well, you can imagine how how much more difficult it is when you're like, there's only so much room you can store these gigantic seven foot suits. <laughs> you know, I've I've uh, we have no room whatsoever in in the apartment to hold all of the creations and all the suits that people have. And, and one of the stipulations I have is that, you know, if I make, if I make your suit, it's yours and you're holding it somewhere, whether it's in your closet or you get a storage center for it. Cause I don't have any more room to hold, to, to hold any of this stuff. <laughs> that's a, Oh, that's so funny. We're, we're working at, at different scales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. that is actually very true. Yeah. Yep, that, that is, is so, so funny. funny. Yeah. Joe, any reflections on anything else that, uh, that that Brandon was saying? I mean, you guys are just meeting right now for the first time. Yeah, I was just thinking about the 3D printing aspect. And this to me is just a, just amazing in itself because um, I've always been just intimidated by, by 3D printing. I actually received a gift of a 3D printer last Christmas and it's still in its box just because uh, I'm like... It's October, Joe. Yeah, it, or, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's almost been one year and it keeps saying, you know, if if I don't open it, it's not there and therefore I don't have to learn <laughs> it. Um, gosh, you know, I just I just think about like, you know, how much, how much as, as uh, was being said by Brandon, how much of an art this is. And I just don't, I don't know if my brain is wired that way. I, I'm more of a, 
you know, I, I like building things by hand and, and, you know, getting, getting, um, in the, in the trenches, so to speak. But, you know, this is a whole nother world for me that I have no idea what any of this is. And, and therefore it's just kind of intimidating and scary <laughs> at this point in time, but the work is beautiful. It's, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, there's there's a thing about the resolution that a 3D printer can do. So so the more expensive it is, the higher the resolution. Mm-hmm. And and since I got into the the Gundam, primarily the Gundam model kit building, uh, I thought you just put it together and then you have your own action figure or robot or statue and that's it. But the more you get into it, it's like, oh wait a minute, I can actually make those seam lines disappear and I can make it look cooler and I can make it look not like a model that I put together. I can make this thing look like a real robot. Um, uh, we <laughs> were talking, me and me and Brandon were talking about dioramas the other day, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, no, like we can we can blow this up, right? Like it's not just the plastic kit that came in the in the box. There's so many tools and things. So that has changed my mindset a lot about the 3D printing because now I feel like I can do a 3D print and the resolution doesn't bother me anymore mm-hmm. because now I can sand that thing, I can prime it. And I can make it, you know, I can even add detail or do other things, right? Like I can put together multiple pieces and make it look like they're just one piece. And I have the skills now to do that, which I didn't have, you know, years before when I was like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, how, how am I going to glue these two pieces of plastic together and make it look cool? And it's not that hard, but it's definitely a part of it. It's like, that's where my skills are at now. Um, and there's so much more to learn and, and, and do, but 3D printing just opens it up ridiculously. It's like, oh, it's so it's so good. <laughs> Oh, man, it's so cool. Also, I, o- I always love to, I mean, I, I love that Batman under right. How, how large is that one? Well, that was, it, it printed in two parts. So there's a base that sits under it. Mm-hmm. And I would say it probably, I'm looking over at it right now. <laughs> it probably sits up almost nearly a foot, 10 inches, maybe. Wow. So it's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty large. And that one, it was printed at the, uh, the lowest resolution of course because it pro- it probably took two between two and three days probably to print <laughs> so would have taken a week if you would have done it yeah higher. for sure and uh you know the longer the print time the higher the risk of something going off mm-hmm. uh and like kind of you see with those five miniatures there um mm. you know the longer it goes the the more chance that something could go wrong for sure yeah yeah and and again, b- before we we start on kind of like the the substance of the of the panel itself, I I, I have to point out for the people who don't know you, Brandon, mm. that um, to me you're the ultimate cosplayer because <laughs> oh, sure. because uh, you have a a bat symbol tattooed on your chest that's like as big as your Batman bust. <laughs> it, that is true. You, yes, just, you get can, naked and you're cosplaying as Batman. <laughs> it's right. It's, you can maybe see it peeking there a little if if you're watching the uh, if you're watching the video. Yeah, I should have put on one of my V-neck shirts for the uh, for the panel here. I, I didn't. It's funny. Um, I had got this tattoo over ten years ago, and I do forget that I have it sometimes. And then there are times I'm like, "Holy shit!" There's a huge Batman logo on my chest. Um, never a regret about it, of course. But every once in a while, sort of just a reminder that that did happen. Wow that that is I am that that much more in awe of of that I. I do not have the 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 stones to to get something like that done, but but Brandon, that is um, that is amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't do it again. I will say that because it was not because I again I regret that it's there. I'm happy I got it, but it was 
uncomfortable um, on the sternum. Getting a tattoo right on your sternum is very painful. I will say that from from recollection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right, so so let's get into the meat of the of the panel. Um, I've got a few questions here. We can jump around, and so I'm I'm just very curious, and and I'll start with you, Joe. Um, like, how do you use these hobbies in your in your clinical work? So it it really does depend on for me. It really does depend on um, what presenting problems are. But um, when when clients or patients come in, it really helps in the sense of, um, you know, I think art in general is something that helps people focus and, and express themselves in very different ways. Um, so for my clinical work, I've, it, it kind of plays on this idea that, um, these are, these cosplays and these characters and these sculptures, they're, they're representations of, what people sometimes wish they could be or, or what they aspire to. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the beauties about cosplay is that not only can you like Batman, you can have the values of Batman, but you can actually become Batman for essentially a few hours. And, you know, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, in the, the world of like, what would you do? You know, you're like, well, what would Batman do? And I'm actually Batman. So I have, I kind of get to take a break from all the stuff that's going on in my life, whether it's depression or anxiety or trauma or whatever. And I get to take, you know, a brief hiatus and have some, have some um, freedom just for a little bit of time to, to really explore what it would be like. And those are really great goals um, for clients and patients to get to. So you say, well, you know, if, um, you know, somebody's struggling with something like, um, oh, I don't know, um, somebody's struggling with social anxiety, and you're like, well, who's a character that you like that has no social anxiety, you know, like, what would that be like? And let's say, hypothetically, let's say somebody identifies with Deadpool. And like, he's saying like, Oh, I love Deadpool, because Deadpool doesn't care. And Deadpool will say what he wants and do what he wants. But I could never do that. And I'm like, well, what if you could be Deadpool for an hour of your life? What would you do with that time? You're not, you're not you, you're taking a minute, you know, you're taking that hour, you're working towards this thing, and you're Deadpool for that hour, what would you do? So, you know, we kind of talk about that. But then it's like, well, what would empower you to kind of take on those values? And, you know, as they say, um, dress for the job you want. So they so to speak. So like, what better, what better attire than donning the suit? So I'm like, here you go. Let's create the Batman costume. Let's create the Daredevil costume. Let's do those things. And, you know, they get a taste of what it would be like to like not have some of these challenges. And I'm like, well, how was that for you? Now, how do we connect those two worlds of what's going on in real life? And, you know, what was happening with, with the suit that you got to wear. So it's, it's a lot of use of fantasy, which is an amazing thing. Um, But, you know, there are, there are other various things and and I'm sure the both of you can kind of um, touch on these as well, but like, it's just simple things like acceptance in the sense of, as, as you both know, there are some things that happen when you're building and creating that you just got to go, go with the flow. You're like, hey, um, this uh, 3D model did not print, but you know what? I'm going to accept that and turn it into something else. And, um, you know, a lot of times in the world of building and cosplay, you're like, 
you know, this is not going to get fixed. And if I try to mess with it, it's going to ruin the whole project. So I got to be okay and learn to tolerate um, these these challenges or, or mistakes, so to speak, that I'm not really keen about and just be okay with it. Um, some of the other things about, you know, the clinical work side is, is having um, connection, you know, so social, socially, uh, I mean, like it feeds in that social need because the world of the world of cosplay can be used for, for social networking in terms of just like a building community. You know, so many times artists are, are kind of um, left to their lonesome and their own devices. And you see you're, you're stuck in your room or, or your workshop if you're so lucky to have one and you uh, you're just by yourself. But, you know, with, with the world of cosplay, it's kind of nice when you're like, hey, everybody come over and we're going to work on our stuff together. And I, I just have so many fond memories over the years of, you know, 20 people in my apartment just in a corner painting or building or asking advice. And, and those were some of the best moments for me. Um, so, yeah, it addresses a lot of those things. It specifically for, for um, you know, clinical disorders. I think building like this and and getting in there it really helps with um, slowing down. So it really helps with like ADHD and helping with focus, being present. Um, you know, sometimes people have a lot of executive functioning challenges where they're having a hard time figuring out like next steps and stages and bigger picture things. And building requires all that stuff. So you're saying like, well, if I do this, how am I going to do that? two steps ahead. So not only are you being present in what you're doing, but you're also developing an understanding and awareness of like, well, how am I going to get to, to the next stage? It's kind of like a, like a physical chess game. If, if you want to consider it that way. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it addresses, um, you know, tactile needs. So some people really need to, uh, feel certain things and, um, it deals with like, proprioceptive needs, you know, so proprioception is, is having a spatial awareness of your body. So if, you know, you're like, well, if I move my hand like this, I'm definitely cutting some fingers off right now. But, you know, I, I just have to be really aware of how I'm holding this or where I am in relation to the sander that I'm using, or, you know, where's this Dremel uh, going to be in relation to my face, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful things that we use in terms of clinical work. Very cool. Very cool. I have more questions, but, uh, but I want to throw the same question to, to Brandon. Um, what are you like, how, how do you use these hobbies that we were talking about in your, in your work? Yeah, I, of course. Um, I think there's probably a lot of overlap, um, and everything that, that Joe is just saying and, and a lot of the same ideas just on a different scale though, a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very similar in terms of, um, you know, sometimes we get stuck in patterns of behavior and doing things that maybe aren't very helpful for our mental health, or maybe not doing things that could be helpful for our mental health. And so I think these, are just opportunities to engage some of those things that we know can be really beneficial, like regular social interaction, or like just engaging in activities that we know are going to boost up our mood. And so when I'm working with clients and, and we're getting into identifying some of these connections between activity and mood and how are they spending their time and how are they feeling, um, 
if I, I offer these as things that they could try, almost like a behavioral experiment, right? I can share, you know, and I, I, I do just a, a bit of self-disclosure and maybe share that, you know, for myself. Sometimes when I'm stuck in a, a low mood cycle, um, it's really helpful to have a, a one scheduled um, social event every week, D&D, right? Or it's really helpful for me to sit down for a couple hours and maybe listen to a podcast and do some painting. What do you think that would do for you? Do you think that, you know, you could get anything out of that? Um, what would be the harm in trying it? And then if we can start to just kind of build those cycles or build those routines of, of doing some of those things that we know we're going to be helpful. That's when we can start to see some change in the, in the mood side of things, if we can change some of the activity. And so I think that's probably where most of the incorporation comes for me. I, I haven't had, like, I've never painted a miniature with someone in a session. I think that would be a lot of fun and I would like to do that. I just haven't had that sort of opportunity, but I would say for me, it's more talking about how can we incorporate these things in those big gaps of time between our sessions to help boost you up in those times. Um, and what activities maybe that I know I'm interested in could, would you maybe share some interest in as well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely, right? I mean, if you're if you're familiar at all with with like our podcasts and and what we've been doing at Key Therapy for years, it's uh, I talk about it in three different forms. It's like we can we can let our clients geek out and like bring their hobbies into it, um, and then I talk about we uh, like us geeking out, right? So like as the clinician, it's like hey, like yeah, I have comic books in my waiting room. I have you know all my favorite things are here. Like it, that's an invitation. That's me putting it out there that I love these things, and and we can we can talk about them. We can do stuff with them, and then. Sometimes we have the opportunity to 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 both geek out together, right? So if like if they really like something that I that I'm presenting, um, or that I'm talking about, or that I have in my in my space, they can jump on that and be like, oh no, no, yeah, like I totally get that. Like, oh, you like comic books? It's like I've been dealing with anxiety. Like I, I don't know. And it's like, oh, you know Spider Man? <laughs> like let's talk about let's talk about Spider Sense. It's like, oh, I never saw it that way. So there's so many ways that we can that we can integrate this, and I can tell you that there's something. And I've been thinking a lot about this, about just the act of making something and putting something out into the world, like redirecting your energy into creation, into putting, again, adding to the world. Like maybe sometimes the world feels like, like it's taking from you, but this idea that you can add to it by making some sort of piece of art or, and I don't know, like the, the, the biggest thing for me in the way that I'm building and making stuff now Versus like I used to teach kids how to um, like model things and, and print them, right? That's like one version of that is making something new. But I love the idea of modifying something, right? Like what would you change? If you could change something, what would you do? If you can make a different version of this, what would it be like? What aspect would you would you like? And, and then to actually do that, right? Like um, on paper, it's a lot easier, right, than actually building uh, models, but but the concepts are the same. So if I'm talking to someone who, who who's a builder, like if something breaks, can you, like you can put that back together, you know, and, and you could even make it better, you know, and like that, we can, we can talk about a, a, um, a figure that broke and then talk about building it back up talking about trauma and post-traumatic growth and things like that. Right. And like, I think it'll make a lot of sense if that's something that you're into. 
So, so I, I love how, how like you see it in those very particular ways. And like Brandon, like you said, like I've never done it in the session, but what, what it can happen in between sessions, right. Is absolutely a, a big deal. It's like, have you tried? So I might say, have you, have you tried making a modification? Like come back next week and let me know what you changed. What did you do? Oh, I made the shield bigger. Why'd you make the shield bigger? You know, like, oh, because you know, he'll be safer that way or I want his defenses to go up and I wish I could do that. Right. That, that, that's a version of that. Um, so yeah, so, so many possibilities. Uh, it, it's always hard to do stuff in, in session. That's actually, that's actually, I'm doing another panel tonight and that's exactly what it's about. It's about the idea that we would love to do these things in session, but that's not really possible. <laughs> most of the time for most of us, most of the time that's not going to happen. Uh, especially as, as you go up in scale, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, people, when people figure out that I do cosplay and, um, they're like, oh my gosh, can you, can you teach me how to do that? Can you show me how to do that? Or like, can we build something? Um, the, the response I have to give is that, you know, as much as I would love that, there's just no, like there's the, the physical room is not enough. You know, most, most therapies session rooms are you know, like the standard size of like a bedroom. And, uh, you know, in there you have a couch, you have a desk. And, um, you know, like a lot of times you don't have a workshop, you don't have a bench, you don't have any of those things. And at least in the world of cosplay, it's, it's uh, the materials you need are just, you know, excessive. You you need like heat guns and sanders. It's an excessive hobby. Yeah. It's a pretty big <laughs> hobby. And that, I mean, like as you go further and further in scale, um, you know, the, the, the bigger it is, the bigger the toys, the bigger the machines, you know? So, um, Josue, you, you were sharing that, like when you're, you, when you were making your Gundams, it's, it's not just a little clipper now. It's, it's like, well, I have 15 tools to do X, Y, and Z. And, and I tell people, yeah, we can, we can use a pair of craft scissors, but if you want it to be at this kind of standard, this quality, you're, we're going to have to up the game. And there's just no, feasible way of doing it and i've believe me i've tried so um i i recall yeah. i recall someone asking you know so what i do now with with clients is if they want something or if they want to engage just in that process or give them a flavor of it we'll build a portion of the suit we can't build the whole suit so maybe i'll work with them on creating the emblem you know so i remember um somebody really wanted to be the flash and we talked about what the flash represented to them and, um, you know, the concept of running all the time and instead of running away from things, can you run towards things? And, um, you know, so that, that was very symbolic for this, this one client. So, you know, I said, out of all the things that you think would be the most difficult to create, what do you think would be the hardest? Maybe that's something I can help you with. And they said, well, I think the symbol would be really difficult. So I was like, well, let's do it. You know, the symbol, you know, is it, it needs to be big enough to just fit on your chest. So... Um, you know, we, we can create that, but then, you know, I've tried it where someone, and that's, that's fine. I can, I have the means to do that. I can fit most things in a, in a duffel bag. But then when somebody is asking me to, you know, build a seven foot robot, which I have done, um, you know, and these are, there are, um, usually I use like planks or two by fours to help elevate them under the shoes. And, um, you know, some, like it involves drilling, it involves nails and screws. And I remember that 
one of the things that I did was I, I just, the screws were way too long and they were coming out of the bottom. So I had to, I had to saw those, those, uh, screws off and I had a, a Dremel, a Dremel with a saw. And I started doing this in a session room upstairs <laughs> and, um, like smoke was coming out of the nails and sparks were flying. And I was like, this is a fire hazard. Like this is, I'm gonna. I don't want to be on the news for this kind of reason. So yeah, we just had to like. It's it's just not feasible. On November seventh, the Geek Therapy community is participating in the annual Extra Life Marathon, where we play games for 24 hours to raise funds for Children's Miracles Network hospitals around the world. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than 40 million dollars for sick and injured kids. If you want to help out, you have two options available at geektherapy.com/extralife. First, you can join our team called Rare Candy, which Lara has been running for eight years, and raise funds from family and friends and play on November 7th. Or you can donate right now to any member of Rare Candy. On November 7th, Geek Therapy will be streaming live for 24 hours on Twitch at twitch.tv slash geektherapy as we continue to raise funds on game day. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more, join our team, or donate. Thank you, and I hope to see you on November 7th. So... Uh, one question that I have um, for for both of you is how you have used your hobby for your own mental health or or well being. Joe, any any ideas? Yeah. So for me, I'm I am so busy. I am really really so busy that I forget to take care of myself sometimes, and it's it's so sad because in the you know it's it's we should be practicing what we preach, but it's one of these it starts becoming do as I say and not as I do. Um, but yeah, I'm just so busy in the world of mental health that I just sometimes forget to take really good care of myself. Um, you know, and, and as an artist, I just need that creative time. I know I do. It, it helps me center for lack of a better word. It helps me relax. It helps me stretch the creative, um, the creative muscles. And when I don't do that and I get, stuck in the rat race of paperwork and just, um, you know, helping everyone else's mental health issues, mine just tends to deteriorate. You know, I, I, I find myself just getting more exhausted, um, just not being able to function or be as supportive to my, my clients and my patients as, as possible. So, you know, every, every so often I will find that even though I have reports to write or whatever, I say, you know what? I, I need to take some time. I'm going to take an hour and build something or I'm going to take, I'm just going to take the night off and, and paint something. Um, so that's, that's really good for me in that sense. Um, interestingly enough, aside from just helping me focus and center, um, it actually helps my physical well-being, which in turn helps my, my mental, like my mental health. So when I, yeah, I'm kind of like a bear in the sense that when winter comes around, I just just love eating carbs and donuts and and uh, you know um, pasta, and I just I just pack on weight, you know, I just pack on weight, and um, the cons actually keep me in check because it gives me a goal to aspire to. So you know, as much as I am about you know uh, body acceptance and you know being true to yourself, it gives me a goal to say, you know what. I really want to, 
um, get in better shape so I can fit in this Wolverine costume. I want to get in better shape so I can fit in this Asriel costume. So when I made that Asriel costume, I legit worked out every of like I worked out like three times a week. I was doing clean eating, um, and I lost thirty pounds. You know, just to fit into Whoa. that costume. Yeah, and I, and what's really awesome about it is so when I start building. Um, you know, typically I attend, uh, the Chicago comic and entertainment expo, which is C2E2 here in Chicago. And, um, it's typically around March, April. So depending on how many costumes I need to make for myself, uh, my wife and my friends, I'll start everything in January. January 1st is, is, uh, is the time that I give myself. So I give myself three months to get everything ready for that convention. So I'll work out for three months and, um, and then I, and then it comes to the culmination of that convention. And then I look forward to the Chicago, uh, and then I look forward to Wizard World Chicago, which is in August. So I get a little bit of time off, but then I know I got to still fit in that costume. So I still, I go back to clean eating. I go back to working out. So it kind of helps me maintain my, uh, my physical health, which in turn makes me mentally healthy you know um i feel better about myself my my self-esteem is great my i fit my clothes and um gosh and and this is where the challenge of 2020 has come in with the pandemic where everything's canceled and because of it i just don't have any reason really to work out because i don't like working out i think it's painful uh even though even though i should be um i don't like being in pain uh, unless I have a real reason to, or or just kind of superficially, I just want to fit in something cool. So um, there, there's that reason. It, it helps me physically stay healthy, which helps me mentally stay healthy. Um, and being such an extrovert, I love hanging out with people. And when I create things, people want them. People say, hey, can you make me... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convince Josue one day to, uh, instead of just making a Gundam figure, I said, hey, we can build one for you so you actually be that Gundam figure. <laughs> like, you can be that Gundam figure and create your own diorama in real life. And um, This is the second time you've brought this up, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know what to say. I, oh, ugh, don't tempt me. <laughs> yeah, so... Like you keep going up in higher scales, like like when you do these model kits, right? It's like you start at like the smallest one, and then like they're like, no, no, you gotta try this one, and then like they keep getting more expensive and more and and larger, and they sell ones that are like almost as big as you, but that I don't know what scale that would be if we make it. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> but hey, it's a it's a possibility, and I've seen uh, it would be a new one for me. I've created Transformer robots, but I've never created a Gundam before. So that would be a cool challenge. Um, but yeah, that social component, you know, just as much as, as important it is to create for me, it's important for me to hang out with people. And, uh, mm -hmm. that's just me as a person. So having people come over and being able to talk and catch up and, and, uh, share meals with them during breaks and stuff like that, and just get, uh, dirty and, and, uh, you know, get, get bruised up and figure out things together. That's the part that I love the most. Um, yeah. and that's such an important component of, of, of being mentally healthy for me is having like those, those social connections with people. Yeah. Oh man. Like, oh, that's, mm. <laughs> there's like, 
the the socializing part i think is is just geek culture in general i think i think that's um it bothers me i mean there are people out there who like start talking about geeks as if like like it's a diagnosis which bothers me as one part that i hate um and something that i disagree with is the idea that geeks um build community because they were either bullied or they're like social misfits. And I've always had a problem with it. It's like, Oh yeah, we all go to Comic-Con because like we're not accepted anywhere else. I'm like, no, no, no. We go to Comic-Con because our people are there. You know, like it's a, it's a different mindset. It's a reframing, but I don't think that what unites us is any negativity that we've experienced because of our hobby. It's because it's that positivity. Um, and man, I got to tell you, I never put too much thought into the motivation aspect of like wanting to fit into your cosplay. Like when we talk about weddings, right? That's such a, like it's, it's part of the deal, right? It's like, you know, one size lower, I'll get to that size. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you have to take out a dress, you know, and like, and like, or, or a suit, like that's not as hard as like rebuilding the armor rib cage on your Iron Man suit. Right. That's exactly what it was. And, um, you know, I, in, in that picture with you, uh, as Asriel, um, you know, like I, my weight just fluctuates like crazy. And to fit in Same. that suit comfortably, I need to weigh about, at most, I need to weigh about 185 pounds to fit in that suit. And when I'm in my quote unquote off season, I can, I can just pack on weight and I'll get up to like 200 pounds, you know? So, um, you know, as you said, I, I've, I wanted to wear that costume again. I got invited to one of the Mecca con- Comic Cons, which is the San Diego Comic Con, and I was like, "I gotta bring Asriel. I gotta go and bring bring one of my best suits." And I was like, "Well, this means you gotta fit in it again, dude." So I'm like, "I'm." And so many people were saying, "Like, why don't you just build a bigger suit?" And I was like, "Do you know how long that took took me to build that?" <laughs> and um, you know, I was like, "One that yeah, just you know." I just hit extra, you know, one size up on the 3D printer. Yeah, and I'll be right yeah. Back. yeah. Let me just let me just do that. Um, so it's it's not that simple. And for me, I'm like, well, not only is the suit already completed, it's probably better for me to actually work out than just being um, okay with being heavier. You know, I was like, I was like, it's probably going to be better for my mental health to actually get back into working out and uh, have motivation, and it provides structure in my life where you're like. All right, you know you got to work out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's your structure now, and it just helps me stay regimented. Mm-hmm. That is that is so cool. Yeah, I mean, motivation is a big part of the work we do. So, so I mean, anything right that can that can motivate you, depending especially like where you are um, mentally, emotionally, like just any small piece of motivation can be so helpful when you're feeling hopeless and completely like you know unmotivated in 100 percent, just anything and and it's something we care about these are things we're into it's ah yeah that's that's really cool Um, absolutely brandon what about you like how 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 do you use your hobby for your own mental health or or well-being it's just really to get me doing something i have uh i you know i tend to be more uh introverted and if i'm experiencing stress or you know, feeling overwhelmed, I I have a behavioral tendency to start to kind of shut down and do less. Say, like, oh, I had a hard day at work. I'm just going to park on the couch and maybe just scroll on Facebook, and that's going to be it. And I'm not. This is an anti-social media or anti-scrolling, but what I know for myself is just scrolling on Facebook takes very little effort, and it does not do very much for my mood, right? And so 
like I was kind of saying um, before and the the implications for how I can use this in clinical work, it's really just to get me to do some stuff. So like if I have D&D scheduled every week, that's an obligation that, I, you know, I'm not likely to just back out or, or ditch that um, because I know there are people, <laughs> generally speaking. There are just, uh, what was the last episode of GTA Adventures? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. It's It's been a minute. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gen- generally not able to. Um, and, and so that that's a good part of it. And also the same with the painting and the 3D printing. It it kind of gets into like, um, you know, really just being able to to get creative and or have a problem to solve. Like, why is this print not working? Why can't I get this to, to go? I've got to tinker with something. Or maybe one of my favorite things is to print upgrades for my printer. And so that gets you into a pretty weird um, but fun loop where it's like I'm doing this work and, and then everything just works better and better the more I do. Um, and so there's just a lot of really fun um, kind of behavioral loops that you can get stuck into. And I want to I've, I've bought in the supplies, but I haven't taken the plunge. I want to expand out the miniatures into doing more like scenes or dioramas or things like that. Um, and so I've bought like, you know, some grass and stuff like that or, or some gravel, you know, to make, you know, pathways or whatever. And so it's just you thinking grass? about, I bought grass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, <laughs> I can't remember the technical name for it. I think it's called green stuff maybe. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so, um, and so I, it, it's those kind of things. Really, it's just getting me to do stuff because if I'm not feeling my best, I tend to do less and then I get that's the opposite of what I need. Yeah, I love that. Um, with with the models, I had a similar way of thinking about it. And the more I create them, I'm like, there, there's this sense of completion that you can get, right? And so like, Joe, I'm, I'm curious how you complete like... Like it takes a while to finish the like. First of all, let's acknowledge right. Once you get into art, your art is never finished, right? Like you're always like, there's so much more I can do. But like, there's a moment where you're like, oh, I finished my costume, right? So I'm I'm guessing that you set up moments like uh, or stages or milestones where you're like, that arm is done, like that boot is done, and it feels like you finished something. And in the model making, what I've done is. That happens too, but there's something about that completion. I'm like, okay, the model is kind of done at different, like, okay, I built it. Maybe I haven't done all the other stuff, but just building it feels good. So I've bought, like I said before, they come at different scales and different difficulty levels. So I actually have some that can take about 10 minutes and I have some that'll take about an hour um, or so. And and, the, and Bandai, the company that makes the, the Gundam models, they started these things called 30 minute missions. And it's like, it's these kits that are, they're really cool. They're like compatible with each other. So like they can all, it's like, it's basically Lego um, to a certain extent. It's like, you can mix and match them, but they're designed to be completed in 30 minutes and you have a full like articulated robot. And and so I have different things like that. So sometimes I'm like, I need a win. I need a win. I want to feel like I finished something. And, and so I'll build a smaller, easier kit um, and then I'm like, oh, okay, no, this is awesome. And and like, I love all the different sizes. And so I'm actually kind of overwhelmed thinking about some of the more difficult ones. There's this grade in, in Gundams is called a perfect grade, which is like a one sixtieth scale. And the, like the, 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 the smaller high grade ones are one, one forty fourth. So like these things are big and intricate and there's this one kit that just came out that has like a full LED system throughout the the like it has like a LED skeleton so that a bunch of wow. different parts can can uh, light up and 
that would take a long time. And there's a lot of places for things to go wrong. And, and we're talking about electronics now. Like, I love that idea, but I have to have, like, I don't know. I need like, I need a certain mindset <laughs> to, 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 to be able to, to, to start and, and do something like that. But yeah, but the, the idea of doing something, accomplishing something, completing something, um, and even just practicing splitting that up right into those different stages can be so, um, such a, uh, and again, the idea is like, how can we be more mindful about this stuff, right? It's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm instead of seeing it as it's overwhelming, I'm never going to finish it. I'm a failure for not finishing it. It's like, oh, man, I just finished that arm. It took me an hour, but it, it looks awesome. It's done. Actually, I love like having like just the, the legs of my models just like st- standing up on their own. I'm like, they're standing up on their own. I did something right. <laughs> it feels good to like have the different pieces um, just lying around. So again, like also like a, a way of um, it's it's a way of practicing um, being more mindful about stuff and, and like a more positive mindset too. Yeah, I I would completely agree. And um, you know, I was just kind of thinking about um, you know I, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I'm I'm thinking about the things that people tend to overlook when doing hobbies and, and such like that. And one of the things that I always preach about is is being that one of the things that i i really preach about is the journey is just as important as the destination you know and you like you know it's about these the the little battles that that happen those are the things that you have to look at overall in terms of winning the war so to speak so um you know, just being able to accomplish something that was really challenging or you finally got those lights to work or you finally got the legs to just stand up. I think it's, I think for all of us who, who dabble in different mediums with, with, uh, building things, building, um, you know, figures or, or whatnot. Um, it's, it's just about, it's, it's breaking those components up into stages and also being able to celebrate that, like, all right, I'm satisfied with this. I can move on to the next thing. And and then once you have it, not only do you have multiple victories along the way, but you have a culmination of those victories that that you can really celebrate, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think that's just something that's really, that's just really something to pay attention to. Um, yeah. I know for me, um, I, I personally also work in stages when I'm building something. So I I've come to learn over the years that I need to build, this is where that organization and that executive executive functioning issue comes in where you're like, what piece do I need to, to complete first in order to make things proportional and to scale? Because if you make something in, if you make something first, are you going to keep it in proportion to what else is going on? So for example, some of the later things that I build are like hands, you know, and people are like, well, why do you do that? Because let's say you build your hands first and then you start making your head and then you start making your body. If you create standard hands or standard gloves that your typical hands can fit in, but then you realize that your head is just a little bit too big or your chest piece is a little bit too big, then you have baby hands, <laughs> you know, you have baby hands on an adult body or um, just realizing. So the other things that I create last are um, I create the thigh pieces and people wonder why do I create that? Because I'm like, because you need to create your 
you need to create the feet first, which will help determine your scale because it raises you. It'll make you taller. And you're like, well, now that I'm this tall, it means that my shins are this long. And now that my shins are this long, what is the space between my kneecaps to my waistline? How much space do I have there to work with? So it's all about trying to determine which thing you have to you have to complete first. And that's why I'm saying like, you know, the things that get overlooked is those small victories. You you have to pay attention to each stage and being able to find enjoyment because if you don't if you don't you know, that, that's like saying like, oh, you know, I really want to lose weight. I want to lose 30 pounds, you know, and, um, you know, that's you never being satisfied or never being uh, never celebrating or never giving yourself a pat on the back for losing those 10 pounds or those 20 pounds. That's a lot of weight. And you're telling me that you're not going to be um, praising yourself along the way until you hit that dead on 30. That's a that's going to be a really difficult journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're you're definitely already feeding into the next question I wanted to ask, which is what is something about the about these hobbies that people could do more mindfully and and benefit from that are rare are are usually overlooked. You know, like we overlooked and and you even use that word, right? Like people overlook this part of the executive functioning. Um like one thing that I learned is like uh, these hobbies are get more and more expensive the deeper you get into them, right? So, like one thing that I want, um, like I have a I have a painting booth behind me, and really that's for like um, exhaust of the of the paint fumes and things like that. So, so it's safe for like I have a respirator, like I have like a, all the safety stuff. I just got like safety prescription safety goggles. It, it gets more expensive the more the, the deeper you get into it. Um, so, but. But ideally, like what I'm what I'm moving towards is getting an airbrush because then it's it's different. Like I love the idea of hand painting, but there's something there's other things you can do, especially for broader areas with an airbrush. And one thing I've learned is like people will build the entire model first and then start taking it apart, thinking about, well, how am I going to paint this? Because of a lot of the things that you just said, right? Like you could just build it and then like not do things in the correct order and you're gonna end up paying for it later. So it's like, oh, there are things that I can fix and glue and do this way and then paint this whole part and it'll be easier. And like that's that's um, that takes a lot of planning and work and thinking. And it just it's like um, uh, taking any something down into its uh, parts. Right. But it, not just the individual parts. It's like now they're you're grouping them and you can think about how to make your life easier moving forward and just how to do it better so like you can even get better quality and there's a there's a there are right and wrong ways to do these things (laughs) depending on the outcomes um that you want so so yeah i think that's that's something that surprised me about the hobby and it's something that um i think i'm sure a lot of people don't pay attention to and it's something that's really hard for me as someone who who struggles a lot with adhd like i when i'm building i actually try to I, i've seen people who just cut all the pieces out and then just start building like and I'm, i can't, i can't do that i need to go in order on the instructions <laughs> and 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 do this this way because if not i'll get overwhelmed and i'll get lost and that's like a reflection on on understanding how i how my brain functions and how i can have a better experience and still achieve the outcome that i want um but this part about the painting and stuff, it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's an order of operations that I need to follow to actually achieve the outcome that I want. Right. Right. Yeah, Very much yeah. so. And if you if you don't do it, I mean, you just you might not 
get the results you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll ask it again. Like, what is something about our hobby that that people could do more mindfully and benefit from that is that is um, often overlooked? Brandon, any any thoughts? Well, for me, the one part is I think um, speaking to developing the skill for painting miniatures a bit, mm. because I think that it it's easy to look online um, and maybe see people who play Warhammer and have painted two thousand miniatures and you know these things are just unbelievable to look at you you know you would never expect that a person painted it um so i think that just remembering that that there are certain um probably developmental stages for doing that kind of painting and going through that process and just kind of getting comfortable with the perfectionism part if you struggle with that and not just throwing the towel in if it's not you know exactly how you'd like it to be right away i know there are a lot of really uh, good communities online that help with that part. There's a Facebook group that I belong to. I think it's called Miniature Painting Noobs. And uh, it's just one of the most wholesome, positive communities that you could ever hope to find on the internet. Um, I think it really speaks to that point that it's really easy to get uh, discouraged. And, you know, you can see some pretty, and I say this as someone who's very much, I would say, developing the skills yet. And you can see some people who post stuff like that on there where it's, you know, obviously still developing the skill, which is okay. And it's just really positive um, while still giving feedback and like, here's something you could try for next time. But wow, that looks really good. And so I think that's probably one thing for that hobby that uh, is just an important reminder, probably. Yeah. For me, one thing that I've, that has been, I love learning. Just like that's something that I know about me. The the act of learning how to do these things is I've spent more time learning than building. That's often not a good thing. That Sometimes you, you just get into like reading every single book on a thing and you don't actually do the thing. Um, in different areas of your life, that can that can be a problem. But I do enjoy the act of, of learning and then practicing. But something uh, about painting miniatures in, in particular um, that I've learned a lot from or, or that I've enjoyed is just watching other people do it. It's just relaxing. Like, mm-hmm. like until you actually do it and start practicing, like, you know, you're not retaining that, that actual skill, right? Like you're not, you're not getting more skilled by watching You're you're learning technique and stuff like you, not, you have to do it to learn. But I just love watching, like just hearing people talk about it. And like, this is why I'm doing something. It's just, it's just been so therapeutic and like, it's a part of the hobby too, right? Like I haven't painted a single miniature yet, but I want to. But I've watched hours of other people doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just relaxing. I love it. Um, and I love watching 3D prints print. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? It's so soothing. <laughs> I know. It's... Like, like watching videos of, um, especially, um, like, it's just fascinating to watch a sped up, like, like you know, mm-hmm. like um, sped up um, CNC doing cutting or a 3D printer going through. But just if you actually have a 3D printer, like that thing is just like, and it's like, you're like, wow, we're living in the future. This is amazing. It's just so cool. Like, it's kind of like a zoning out meditation kind of thing, like a point of focus. There's some, I don't know. That's like, if, if you, if you've got a 3d printer and you're not watching your prints sometimes or recording, watching them later or watching some online, I think you're missing out on this, um, really relaxing and, and really cool piece of, of the building process. Absolutely. I think of it like how people like to sit and enjoy a campfire, for yeah. me, watching my 3D printer is like the same. It's the same level of like peace and calm. It's like <laughs> this is just so nice. 
Yeah, yeah. Very different noise than your Dremel going off and like smoking up a, a room, Joe. It's just like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> different. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there, I don't know if there's anything, you know, I, I don't do, uh, I don't know yet how to do molding and casting, but that in itself might be something similar where you can actually sit back and enjoy the process of watching that, those, those chemicals cure and whatnot. But outside of that, I don't really, think that they're that's one of the aspects of of the cosplay part that i'm not accustomed to where where you can get to just sit back and enjoy you know it's not really exciting watching hot glue cool or watching contact (laughs) cement get get sticky it's it's not as satisfying um but it is like I also enjoy like pe- watching people sew and watching people like like just all crafts like there's something about like the 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 flow of it and and seeing it go I don't know it's like it's it's a part that I think people don't think about um, and you can yeah, still in, in, enjoy I think yeah. that watching people in their element and um, yeah. having a sense of uh, for lack of a better word flow you know like being in mm-hmm. the being in the zone so to speak and just like watching them it's a, it's a different it's a different experience you know like um it, it's just so fluid and so natural um that it's it's just something you would have to see to experience you know yeah, yeah. i yeah. um i was actually reflecting on some of one more thing that maybe um you yeah. know we kind of touched on but i i do think that it needs to be reiterated in terms of something that that gets overlooked in helping you do things more mindfully it is that for for all of us and for whatever medium you choose to use um gosh just paying attention to the equipment you're using is such um it's it it can make your life substantially easier and that much more enjoyable Oh, you mean like the, like the maintenance and upkeep of your of your tools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is such a good point. That is mm-hmm. so good. Right. You know. So I mean, like as I was saying before, like we can use we can use some dollar store craft scissors to cut this out, but it's but it's going to be harder. Your your lines are going to be more jacked up. You're going to have to do more work to get it um, smoother, but. Should you choose to invest in a better tool, like some really sharp, brand new out of the box um, razor blades, or you know, um, you know, you get a better quality heat gun, or um, you know, for Brandon, you get a better quality three D printer. Um, it mm. makes your it makes your hobby that much more enjoyable because you are seeing a direct correlation of your energy and your time. In regards to your product, you're like, yeah. I, I I have invested this, and yeah, it might be a pricey out the door, but it's made a world of difference in terms of in terms of the product that I want to put out. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've seen that firsthand where you know um, just upping my game with like you know it's gonna it, it's gonna be kind of pricey, but this sander is gonna make my life substantially easier. Um, getting a uh, what was it called? Yeah, like yeah, just thinking about that sander. Like I before I was just using at first I was just using plain old sandpaper and I was like, oh man, this is taking forever and my hands hurt. Um, you know, like I'm not getting the kind of quality that I want. And then I invested in a Dremel and I was like, Oh, this is making my life so much easier. This is awesome. 
And then I started realizing that there were still limitations with using a Dremel. And then I'm like, just go for it. Just buy, just buy this sanding belt. Just buy this giant sanding belt. And, um, you know, it's going to cost like 300 bucks or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm buying a $300 tool when I have 20 other tools that I need to purchase. This is just for one thing. But, you know, it pays for itself. And the quality of your work is, is that much better. And then when people can see that and they, they acknowledge, you know, the quality of your work, I think that speaks to you enjoying doing your work that much more. Yeah. I'll say that the, it's not always possible, right? Like, like, like some of these tools are super expensive. Like right now I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm in the middle of that thing where I'm like, I could buy an $80 airbrush, but I should probably buy a $300 one so that I don't um, throw it out the window, right? <laughs> After the first time for, for messing up my kit. But that's not always possible. Like like in Brandon's case, like you have a 3D printer, buying a better 3D printer is hundreds of dollars, right? So it's not always possible. But I love this idea of the upkeep and the maintenance of it, mm-hmm. right? Or even just learning how to use it properly, right? Like, like on a 3D printer, you need to you need to clean your nozzles. You need different sizes. You, you need to think about your material. You need to think about the, the heat, the, the heat level on the base. Like there's all these different things that, that you can do and you can maintain it. It's gotta be level. If that thing is not level, right? If that base is not Mm -hmm. level, your prints are coming out all jacked up and it can be frustrating, but understanding your tool, cleaning it, maintaining it properly, just, this goes for any tools, um, Mm -hmm. including your brain, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is, this is really good. And, and yeah, like, uh, even something simple, like you said, like a razor blades, right? Like I have extra, like at some point I'm just, I'm just unnecessarily going through a headache because I haven't just like new kit, new razor blade. That's it. Like they're like, they're like a dollar, like just do it. It'll make your life easier. Um, sandpaper, the more you use the sandpaper, that grit is changing. It doesn't work like it used to because it's not the same grit anymore. Like just, just switch to a different piece, buy a new piece of sandpaper. <laughs> use the, and, or just, Use the tool that is going to do the job, you know, like, yeah. so if you're, if you're using sandpaper and you're, you're like, this is going to be, um, a really fine detail. Why are you like, you're not going to get the kind of results by using the wrong kind of sandpaper. Right, so, right. As simple as that, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. I know for me, I, I make it a point every single time for myself to, um, you know, Every time I start a new quote unquote season, I call it, I'm like, it's cosplay season, everyone. You know what time it is. Um, I get a <laughs> brand new pack of razor blades out. I buy, um, you know, brand new glue. I buy all these things because I want things to be, um, I want to know that that if there is an error, it's not, pro- it's probably not because of the materials, because the materials are new versus like, well, is this old or is this, is it this fault? You know, so like, it's just one less thing I have to factor in. The other thing mm-hmm. that I factor into is whenever I start, whenever I, um, when, whenever I am working on something new, especially the next day, um, I always clean my workspace. I, I really find that that is so much, so helpful for me because um, I don't know about you guys, but in terms of, you know, your, your medium that you use, but for me, if I start something new, let's say a new portion or a new aspect of my thing that I'm trying to create, but I have remnants or debris of older things, it throws me off. It, it, it's like, 
you know, it's, um, there's, there's like some satisfaction to like getting into a, uh, a, a new, a newly made bed, you know, or, um, you know, there's, there's a satisfaction of, of just being able to like have a clean blank canvas versus like, well, you know, I'm, I'm starting something new, but I'm kind of stuck with all this old stuff that's kind of clogging my, my vision, so to speak. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can probably see behind me that I've got like organizers for my paints mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I didn't have that a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was annoying. <laughs> now I've got like, oh, okay, now I have more space to work with. Now everything's more organized. I know where things are. It feels, it also like, it makes me want to work more too. I think there's a lot of aspects to that. Um, I know Brendan, you, you just started like you, you just organized your workspace too, right? Like you've got a yep. dedicated space for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I actually just moved. And so before I was just using like this computer desk that I'm working at as my desk and my crafting space. Um, and so it's actually been pretty cool. The house that I moved into had in the basement of like a workspace and a bench and stuff. And so I was able to set up all of my 3d printing stuff and all of my painting stuff there. And so it's, it's, I think such a benefit to have a dedicated space too, where I can just have everything available. Um, because before I had to kind of get everything out if I wanted to start. And even that when, you know, you're dealing with, uh, barriers to engaging in these pleasant or positive activities, that was certainly one. And now I can just sit down and start. And I think that's just huge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, I, I know it's not possible always, but when I got this apartment also, um, it took me, it's taken me years to get to a point where I could have an extra room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I use this room, like the desk that I'm on is my, this is my work area. This is my recording area. This is where I podcast. This is where I record videos. And then behind me is the, my workbench, right? That's where I build. That's why I do crafts. That's where I do all the things. And all of this is contained in this room. And it, it doesn't spill over into my, into my other living areas, right? So, like, there's something about that that I, I wanted and I was able to achieve. Um, that it, that I, yeah, that I think is super important. And there's a there's a lot of um, parallels and lessons to um, that we could we could use to to help clients, you know, <laughs> with a lot of those insights. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely parts of the hobby that I think are are um, definitely like beneficial to focus on if we if we just um, were more mindful about them and, and definitely overlook. I, I mean. There, there's also something like you can use. So this is why I love the concept of using art and uh, creation in terms of working with clients, because that metaphor in itself of, you know, um, having having just a clean space and a blank slate to, to what you're doing can, can do wonders. So, for example, you can relate that to client issues of like, let's say, let's say, for example, boundaries, yeah, right? like boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> or, or even um, clients who are like getting into uh you know, oh, I'm dating a new person. Well, that's cool and all, but have you have you cleaned up all the residual stuff so that you're not carrying it in or contaminating the new relationship? You know, you're like, oh, um, you know, my my last significant other cheated on me, but you know, whatever, whatever. Well, when did uh, when did that happen? Like two weeks ago. But you know, it's all good. I'm I'm dating a new person. Okay, and that's that's completely your choice. But have you processed that? that stuff so that that's not going to influence or impact your new relationship because we want you to to go in this with with a clean slate so you can actually give it a 100 percent honest genuine chance versus like well you know 
I really like this person, but now I got trust issues. But I'm going to force it. I'm going to force it to happen. You're like, I don't know how well this is going to go for you, but we'll. hey, I'm on this journey with you. I'm on this journey. So, Yeah, yeah. Any any other thoughts, uh, Brandon, on, on this idea of like parts that we may be mindfully? I don't think so. No, yeah, I, yeah. nothing else that's coming to mind right away. Yeah. We spent so much time on this question. I love it. It was a good one. Flexibility. So I have one more question for each of you. Okay. This is a, a, hopefully you'll find it fun, which is pie in the sky, magic star, wishing the whole thing, genie, whatever, ideal clinical practice space. Anything goes, you can design it however you want, you know, based on, on like who you are, what these hobbies are, what, what does that look like? Brandon, what does this space look like for you? It would, <laughs> you know, I, my mind goes on a few different directions. I know that we've, we have, and a lot of people have talked about Dungeons and Dragons as a social skills development vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so certainly having some kind of space that's available for playing some kind of tabletop game like that would be necessary. Um, certainly I, I think having some kind of almost like a, uh, Kind of like Joe was talking about, you, a lot of the stuff you don't want to do in an, a, a typical therapist office, but if you could have a workshop therapist office, yeah. boy, would that be nice, yeah. um, where you wouldn't have to worry about starting a fire or <laughs> you know, or getting into the news for a, a, a not good reason. So I think you know, just having the space and the materials available there um, where you could do this stuff in that moment or at least start it, um, I just think that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think of uh, as we go through ours, if you think of more like uh, more fantastical, like just like yeah. just crazy, right? Th- that was pretty this. down to earth. I yeah, suppose. it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty like yeah. I was like, I think you could do that. I think like, a I conference that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I wish I had a conference room, man. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna give you another chance, <laughs> Joe. Joe, what what would you? What would you, yeah, do? you know, I'm like. I, I'm, gosh, I'm I'm going off on my fantasies, which is a dangerous thing for me. But, um, gosh, if if I had if I had the space, I would I would love a warehouse. I would love like an abandoned warehouse that needs to be um, renovated. And one just like you know, I would have you know, I've seen this. I've actually seen these kinds of things in. Um, what do they call them in movie lots and things no, like that? Yeah. No, like, like they're for more like rehab places and more, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we had one when we were, when I was part of a community mental health organization, there was one that had, um, residents, you know, like it was partnered with residents and they had just like this giant facility that had different rooms designated to teaching skills like vocational skills or, or whatever skills, you know? And, um, it was literally, it, it was literally made like a warehouse that they transformed and like, oh, this is the area where, um, we're going to teach more like, um, you know, cooking, you know, cooking skills. And this is the area we're going to teach, uh, you know, building skills or crafting skills or, or whatever, you know, things that maybe, um, you could turn into an occupation or something like that. If I had that kind of room and, the assistance with that, like, that would be amazing. I would probably need, um, some, some people that 
I would I could trust, you know, in terms of um, you need the staff. Like, like, you need staff. Need yeah, I would need staff. And it's kind of funny because when people when when I'm doing a, a costume season, you know, a cosplay season, I kind of have in mind in my friend group, um, you know, who are I, I designate them in my mind. I'm like, this person's a builder and this person is not a builder. So the builders, I actually give a lot of leeway where they don't need a lot of direction. They know how to use the tools. They have their own creative ideas where that's awesome. You know, um, then there are other people who don't have that skill set, but there's always something to do, you know, where I'm like, well, hey, can you be my gopher where like we need more razor blades or we need more glue or, you know, can you paint this? Because those don't necessarily involve as much of a skill set as a creative builder does. So I would need staff. Um, and then just having the tools there, the space would have maybe separate stations or tables. Um, I would love, you know, I think about the, I think about like the iconic bat cave, you know, where it has like those glass, um, those glass costume uh, tubes that, that showcase each one. And I like, have this like idea in my mind of like not only like a like a stage but like each one has its own they're like cubby holes for each uh costume so you'd have like mannequins with each kind of like you know cubby hole along the the walls like a iron man kind of thing where you're like oh i walk in you see various sizes and you're like um you get to pick which suit you want based on the need that that you have you're like oh you know um i got this thing coming up i'm gonna go with that suit over there or you know um you know or i'm going to make adjustments to it there's the there's the soldering station over there um you know there's a you know i've i've linked with other artists i'm gonna call brandon over who's uh you know um, um, you know, um, specializes in 3d printing. And I was like, Hey, Brandon, can you hook me up with, uh, I need some 3d printed, you know, things for whatever, you know, um, you know, just so like, it would be a whole agency and a whole collaboration with like-minded people, um, who, who have an awesome skill set, And then to bring clients or patients into that setting, um, to be like, well, you know, this is what you want to work on. Let's let's do it together. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned the movie lot because I was thinking of like just all the costumes, right? All the pieces that you could have. And like when you said earlier, it's like imagine. Well, what if you were Deadpool? But then like, like let's try it on for size, right? And like you have a mask, or you have like a suit that's like more simple, and you could and you could put it on and do something like that, and. And um, just make it make it happen, you know. Um, immediately, it's like, oh, I want to try it on. Like, like um, Sophia Ansari, she's a she's a host on a podcast on the on the Geek Therapy Network called Hero Nation. Um, like, she changes her headscarf depending on like different supers, and she has a Deadpool one, and she loves to wear her her uh, Kamala Khan Ms. Marvel T shirt, and like that's as far as most of us go, right? Usually, but if I were if I were your client and you were like Deadpool. I got, I got Deadpool. What, what kind of Deadpool do you like? Just put it on for a second, right? And it's like, man, like, what? How does that feel? What would you do if you were Deadpool? Like taking that idea to the next level, crazy. That that would be awesome. And then I start thinking about like, gosh, if there was like a photo shoot area to be like, not only can you yeah. wear this costume, let's get you some really amazing photography. 
Um, I'm going to call in one of my friends who's an amazing photographer. We got a cool backdrop. What backdrop, what setting would you like? What are the props? Do you want a bazooka or you want a katana or you want a rubber chicken? Like what, what do you want in your hands to like kick some butt? Do you need extra props? Because that once again aids to the creativity, aids to the fantasy of being able to do something that you've never, that you would be typically unable to do, you know? And then after that to be like, Hey man, this is, this is your time. Here's, here's your photos. And, um, you know, this is this is something that you can remember as a as a keepsake for for the the qualities, not necessarily the character you wish to become, but more so the qualities of that character that you aspire to have. Yeah, when I was um, there was a while when I worked at a mental health clinic, uh, and I had a team, so I could, I was like assigned a family, and I could say like. All right. One of my team members is like, all right, you work with the siblings on social skills and you go help um, mom and dad with parenting skills while I go and I do the therapy over here and work with them and like having people to deploy and like your treatment plan includes all of these different things, right? Like the photo shoot and, you know, the costume making. It's like you don't have to be hands on with all of it. You can be have all of those pieces. I th- it, feels, it sounds like you've thought about this a lot. Joe. Yeah, I, so. I have just because. Um, that's, that's the dream. And, and my wife is, uh, really adamant about getting me a workshop because I currently, when it's cosplay season, my workshop is our living room. And, um, you know, she, that doesn't sound healthy for your relationship. No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I was like, which is, our you know, like I set up tables like behind our sofa and which is right next to our dining table and which is in between our bedrooms. So, um, there are just like spotlights so I can see there's debris on the floor. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly dragging things in with me, whether it's dirt or, uh, dust or like, I smell like fumes or something like that. But, um, yeah, that, that was typically what I was doing. And now it's fortunate because in speaking with my landlord, I was like, Hey, you know, I do a lot of this stuff. Is there any way that you can help me out? And, um, in an amazing, you know, um, turn of events, he gave me access to our, like, uh, one of the laundry rooms. It's a huge facility laundry room that no one uses, and there's nothing in there. And I found out, like, I cleaned it up, I vacuum shopped the whole thing, I found an outlet, I put some spotlights in there. So that is now my workshop, uh-huh. and it's right behind my apartment, which I can just literally walk out the door, go in there. No one else has access to it. So that's that's wow, amazing. So I just hope that yeah. well rather we are hoping that as um when eventually we get a house that's kind of like one of the things that we're looking for since art is such a big yeah. factor in my life we need a designated art space so that not only can I continue to produce the products that I want to do but I'm also married at the end of it. You yeah. know, I'm still married <laughs> at the end of it. That is the dream. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Like I've, I was imagining, like Joe Manganiello's basement. Like, have you, have you seen that on on YouTube? Yes. Um, Will Wheaton's living room, or the, right? I don't know if it's his real living room or the set of tabletop. Right at the very least, awesome. it's like so, something like that. So, tr- so, so let's see. Anything, that, anything you would add? <laughs> that is what was in my mind when I was describing the space. It was something more like that. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll admit that, and yeah. and admit I didn't maybe articulate it uh, very well, and more so just to describe a conference room. But I was imagining. <laughs> something more more fantasy themed at this point though i just want to work uh i just want to work with joe 
though. Yeah, I exactly. Want to be his staff? Part why of his why, staff? why yeah. would I start something of my own? I just want to be there with my 3D printer, just you know, making batterings, whatever. Yeah. Batterings, making, yes, you know, making emblems. props. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> why re- why reinvent the wheel? Like Brandon has this down. I'm not going to be like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody. I'm going to be like. Hey, uh, hey, Brandon! I need you to do your magic. Come on over, man. Um, you know, like y- you tell me, you tell me what equipment you need. Um, hopefully, I got enough finances, and there's your station. Um, you know, but but that's that's a dream. I I've always had um, a dream of collaborating with like-minded artists, or or just like creating an art space. I was really serious at one point in time of like I started doing a lot of research. And looking into the cost of having an actual workspace and what it would be like to actually feasibly financially pay for one between several artists who specialized in certain things. Because I'm like, I know what I can do. I know what I can't do or don't know how to do at this time. So to be like, hey, um, would you be willing to share a workspace with me if we can kind of trade skills and learn from each other and just have, once again, that social aspect of a creative environment because when I'm around creative people, I become more creative. If not, I'm just a lazy whatever. And I was like, I have no reason being here, (laughs) you know? So I'll just, I'll just go home, you know? So yeah. 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 No, this is, yeah, this is, this is something I think about all the time too. And um, it would be, it would be like a, a cross between um, a a makerspace or a, you know, or a fab lab or things like that, where like we can actually make things, um, uh, you know, a reality, and then and then an arcade, right? Like it's it's like mm-hmm. it's a it's a combination of those two things. Um, there's this place in Virginia called the Torpedo Factory, where like they took a literal torpedo factory and they remade it as an art uh, space. So like different artists, each artist has a different room. Um, so it's like it's something I was thinking about, and and yeah, like I can just imagine right them. Um, I'm I'm giving you a hard time, Randy, but uh, I I know I can imagine what what those spaces would look like if we you know if if like we just could if we could make them happen. Um, most people don't have even like the conference room right, to do some of right. this stuff. So so yeah, man, that this has been a a, a a really fun conversation. I hope um, those of you who who have, are at Civic and Sphere 2020 find um, the value out of this. Those of you listening to this on the GT Radio feed um, find some value in some of these things. Uh, I think Joe, I think you, you've passed the test. You, uh, I'm, I'm willing to have a podcast with you. Um, now we can definitely make stuff happen and long-term we'll work our way up to, to, to this warehouse idea. Yeah. Long-term I, I'm, I'm very serious. Yeah. Uh, one of these days it, it's going to happen. You know, you, you, you dream it, you think it, you do it. So, um, yeah. I, I definitely yeah. want to do that. And, and when I do, I definitely want to c- collaborate with like-minded people. So you'll be definitely hearing from me. Um, and, um, who knows, <laughs> who knows, like my, my, my love is to create really cool things and, and expand my skill sets. So as I said, I've, I don't, I've never made a Gundam suit before. I'm, I'm down for it. Brandon, if you, uh, want to bring your, th- uh, you know, D and D characters to life, I'm, I'm cool with making goblins and ghouls and wizards and, you know, there, there's a bunch of stuff that um, there's a bunch of stuff that I just haven't even broken into just because I, I have I either don't have the time or I don't have the um, the skill set yet. But, you know, I'm, I'm about finding and collaborating people who do. We're going to put you to work, Joe. Don't you worry about <laughs> it. We're going to put you to work. 
so so <laughs> thank you thank you everyone for for um checking out um this this video or audio again i hope i hope it's super helpful um for more uh conversations like these go to geektherapy.com where we have uh many different podcasts focused on different topics and hopefully a new one soon um i love the idea of dream it think it build it i mean mm-hmm. the three of us that's that's kind of what we're talking about right like we we i wasn't always this way i didn't know how to make stuff right or even um bring things to life but there's something about art that that allows us to do that and i think you know this is one of the geekiest conversations i've ever had um on any geek therapy platform like we went deep deep <laughs> into um mental health and uh and yeah and 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 all of this stuff so i will i will put contact information for uh everyone on this podcast and this video um in in the show notes or or the the video notes uh so yeah visit geektherapy.com for for more information thank you so much for for joining us uh geek therapy would like to say uh you know remember to geek out and do good uh that's what we're all about here so thank you again and goodbye this episode was brought to you in part by our patreon supporters we'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above including mark booney lydia jamila adam doe gay pat and joe lynn to learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.